Hello, good morning and welcome. We're going to be talking this Sunday about Joshua. Joshua in the very end of his ministry, the very end of his leadership of the people of Israel, who are now the people of Israel. They're no longer the Hebrews, but a people. Today I wanted to talk a little bit about how Joshua got there. Joshua is the story, the book of Joshua is the story of a conquest, of a an overtaking of a land. And we are, rightly, a little sensitive about that topic at the moment. It feels slightly different because the Hebrew people in Israel are not an empire. They're not a, a nation state. They're not a powerful group coming to dominate, uh, coming to wipe out. But the language of Joshua, the book, the language in the book of Joshua was written by people who were in power. And so sometimes there is some imagery, some language, some things that are talked about in Joshua that are lifted up as good things that don't appear to be good things to the people in the land who were already there. Today I want to talk a little bit about who these people were and how did they become in power? How did the the country of Israel and later the kingdom of Judah become present, become the power of the state? Because they certainly weren't when they left Israel. They were people who were on an exodus. They were exiles. They had nothing. This is what we call the conquest. You may have learned as a child the song, Joshua Fit the Battle of Jericho. Joshua Fit the Battle of Jericho, 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 right? It's a great song. And you may have learned that as a child, or you may have heard that. It's a really good gospel. It gives the imagery that this was a total conquest, that Joshua and the Hebrew people came into the land and wiped everybody out. They just went through and went... And by the end of the conquest, the only people who are left are the Hebrew people who will become the country of Israel. This is just not what happens. Now, we could talk about it from a historical point of view. There is, has been a long time, an archaeological effort to find evidence of the conquest. And so they go around to these cities that are mentioned in, um, in Joshua that were real cities. They really existed, Shechem and Hebron and Jericho all of these places were real cities in the country. They were real real places, and they have real ruins. And so just like archaeologists are digging in Rome and digging in Greece and, and Europe and all over the world, we dig, are digging to try to find evidence of things that have come before us. Archaeologists have spent a lot of time in the Promised Land, in Palestine, in Israel, trying to find historical evidence for the biblical story. And that's complicated because you have to know some things. You have to decide some things. The first thing you have to decide is when did this conquest take place? Where in history is it? Now there's two dates that are flying around in biblical literature. There's one that's uh, more popular than the other. One of them puts this the Exodus in the mid-16th century BCE. So that's pretty early. That's 1700, you know, 1750 that puts Israel in the land, in the promised land, for a really long time. The second one is the more popular one, and it's more realistic. The name Israel appears on a victory stone, which is something common the pharaohs would do. They would erect a victory tablet when they won things. And we find the name Israel on this victory stone in the 13th century. And so we know that there was a country and a people group by the 13th century, well known enough to 
make it onto a victory tablet for the pharaoh to brag about it. And so the archaeological evidence should appear at the same time or before that. And it just doesn't. There's no evidence, archaeological record, of some of the things, some of the stories that were told in Joshua. That doesn't mean it's not true. In our modern world, in the modern understanding of things, we equate fact, historically proven fact, with truth. This is not something that the people of Israel, the people of Palestine, the people of the East in general would have agreed with. It's such a very, very new notion, this idea that history and fact equals truth. Truth is always, has always been understood as something deeper than the than just simple facts. I could tell you facts about me. I can tell you my height and my weight and my eye color, but that doesn't tell you the truth of me. And so why do we look so hard for historical evidence of God's truth? Why does it matter if we find the remnants of the ark? Why were we so excited when the walls of Jericho were found? These were all real places. We knew that already. And I think it's because we want to be able to put our hands on something. The person that we are the most like in the Bible story, almost all of us, is Thomas, who needed to stick his hands in the side of Jesus to be proved to himself that it was Jesus's actual body. And we think, I think, that if we find historical evidence, that if we can show that Jericho fell in the way that it was described in the Bible in the mid-13th century, and we could find Rahab's house, then we can be sure that it is true. But I tell you this, just because it's historically accurate or factual doesn't mean it's true. Because we can shape that story in lots of ways. I can find something and shape that story in so many ways. I can find you something and say, this is fact. I have this apple, but that doesn't mean the story I'm about to tell you about how I found this apple is true. Faith means trusting in the truth of God. And I think it's cool and interesting to find these things and to know that there was a Jericho and to dig in it. And I've always wanted to go do that. But that doesn't mean that by finding those walls, we are any closer to the truth of God. Truth is not found in facts or in stone Truth is found in the story of God and the experience of God keeping God's promises. And that, in the end, is the story of Joshua. Stay tuned tomorrow when we talk a little bit about who Joshua actually was and why he was picked to be the successor to Moses. God bless.